Welcome to the Open Adoption Project. This is episode 75. We're the Nelsons. I'm Lynette. And I'm Sean. Uh, Before we jump into today's episode, we thought we would just give a couple updates from us. It's so fun to get comments on different social media platforms when people say, you know, I feel like I know you. I feel like we're friends because I hear you every other week in my ears. (laughs) Um, So anyway, a couple things in life that are new. Um, First off, this past week, Lynette graduated with her master's degree with a degree in public administration, which is awesome. Ah, thanks. I feel a little bit of that midlife crisis kicking in, though, of just what do I do now, right? I don't know if that's what I should call it, but yeah, just that identity crisis. I I don't know. It's like most people don't have midlife crises after they graduate college, but I mean, I am a little older. Yeah, it was was an executive program. But but yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're excited (laughs) about it. I know the kids are excited to have mom back on Thursday nights too. Yeah, you guys are all excited about it, but I am just freaking out about it. It's good though. Uh. (laughs) We'll see what the next step holds. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, stuff is good lately. So we are getting ready to start a new series on the podcast with Devony. We We had an episode with Devony just like a month ago. And she's amazing. She's an adoptee. She loves using DNA and researching and helping helping other adoptees to find their biological families. And she is hoping to help adoptees on our show with that. And so we've been preparing for that and getting that ready. And we are launching the application today. Yeah. So if you or someone that you know has a closed adoption or they're not connected to one of their biological parents. Or both. But yeah, it could yeah. be one. Because for Devony, it, it was, was one. Yeah. yeah, she had an open adoption with her birth mom and didn't know who her birth dad was. Yeah. yeah. So if you or someone you know um, is interested in connecting, but have come into like some dead ends in your searching, or maybe this is the time that searching becomes more serious, we want to help. Yeah, and so happy and grateful for Devony. I love that she wants to do this, like, just as a gift to other adoptees who she just cares about and wants to help with these tools because she spent so much time learning how to do this in her own adoption situation and just wants to share that knowledge that she's gained, which I love. So we have an application. The link is in the show notes, and that will be open for, I don't know, a few weeks, and then we might do this again in the future. But if you want to check this out later from the time that we're recording just check our website and see if we're still doing anything with this and that's openadoptionproject.org perfect so um, we're interested to help and potentially even share some of the details in that searching process with our listeners yeah so you can see the application on our website or in the show notes and get more details there I think on a related note, uh, as you mentioned the website, I thought of this. Um, maybe you're not aware, but we do do a newsletter for the podcast. And it's kind of like supplemental, right? It's yeah. it's not the same. We try to keep it a little different. Yeah. So if you're interested in receiving the newsletter, you can go to openadoptionproject.org and there's a page that's titled newsletter. You can fill out the form there and you'll get our monthly newsletter. Our friend Alicia, she's from a previous episode too. She's wonderful and she helps us with that. So 
fun stuff. Well, in today's episode, in the spirit of this idea of connecting adoptees to a biological family, we thought that we would kind of reminisce a little bit in some of the conversations that we've had with adoptees. As we've mentioned many times on the podcast, we want to be really adoptee focused. Um, And so today we're going to refer back to several clips from conversations and interviews that we've had with adoptees. Yeah, yeah. So with the focus on searching and reunification. And so if you are an adoptee, hopefully this is helpful in finding tools and thoughts on how you can go about those searches. And if you're a parent, an adoptive parent or a biological parent, I think that there's a lot of helpful thoughts from these adoptees about how you can support and really help keep that adoptee's needs center stage. Yeah. And I think a lot of what they highlight in some of their comments also helps um, support the notion of open adoption, helping adoptees feel whole and understanding where they where they come from and the the benefit that that can be in a lot of situations. So I'm yeah. thinking I I say that because I think maybe there's a perspective adoptive couple out there who's navigating this for the first time and is going into potentially having an adoption situation. And I think a lot of what they highlight could help us or help that group of people um, understand the importance of having some of those connections from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Having that open adoption, I think is so valuable. And one of my favorite thoughts, this was actually from Devany. We're talking about Devany a lot today, but she said, if you can't have an open adoption, then at least have an open dialogue or an open conversation about everything that you know. Share whatever you have with your adoptee, right? And so that was a thought for adoptive parents. But I think that it's just so important to be open, to be transparent, and to be yeah, willing to really prioritize those needs of our children. Yep. So we're going to start looking at some different clips, and these are all from the last season. I know a lot of you probably don't really know which season we're in on our podcast. It doesn't really matter. It's really for me and my planning. But these are all from season three, which is what we're in now, so from the last year. So we're going to start with Sarah Odesio and love her. Go back to her episode if you haven't heard it yet. But she works with and counsels adoptees specifically, but also adoptive parents, Um, But she counsels adoptees and helps support them. And so here she's talking about the struggle of she has tried to find biological family and hasn't been able to at this point, but trying to find ways to help support other adoptees in their searches and reunions and how that looks. Yeah. So if you yourself are embarking on this journey of searching or you have family or friends are searching, I think a lot of the counsel or things that she shares can be quite useful. Okay, so let's jump to that clip with Sarah. This actually has been the topic within the adoption realm that I struggle with the most when I help people, just because it's one of those things I have no, I haven't been able to experience it. So my mind's not even like thinking in that way oftentimes. But what I, in thinking about this question beforehand, beforehand i i would i definitely encourage people to just um in general know themselves and be self-aware know their their 
triggers um, know their expectations of what they're hoping to find. If, if it's to like fill a certain void, which, which we all have being in the adoption setting, like know that it's filling a void and that maybe that void might not be able to be met or that it will be met in a different way than you're expecting. So really know your intentions in every step of the searching process, know your intentions, know your expectations, um, know your triggers. It doesn't mean if something does trigger you to stop it, just, just knowing how to address it if something, because it will come up definitely. And I think when people don't cope, they're actually coping just unhealthily <laughs> because you're always going to cope somehow. It's just being intentional to do it healthily or unhealthily. Um, and then, and then also I would just, this is something that really helped me kind of creating this narrative of caring for yourself at the age that the trauma happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be really helpful when you're in some really hard scenario of a step-by-step -step searching process, or if you do somehow form a connection with birth parents, it's kind of like you as your adult version is like, yes, I'm ready for this. But then we also have that kid in us that might not be ready or that we just need to attend to. And it's kind of weird. It's almost like you have to see it's you have to see yourself, see your kid self or baby self whenever that trauma happens. See that as outside of yourself and care for that person. That's still you. So I really liked starting this conversation with Sarah's thoughts because they're quite preliminary, right? Making sure that we take uh, take the temperature of the situation, making sure we know why we have this desire for connection knowing that there are just a myriad of possibilities and being okay with the many possibilities of potentially connecting and knowing that it might not be what we want it to look like. Yeah, thinking through things beforehand. And I love that focus on self-care and recognizing what that's going to look like or what that might look like. I think as a caretaker or as a support, for someone in this search process, it's really important to talk about that as well and see how you will be able to support throughout the journey and what different scenarios might look like, what you could do to help. Yeah. So one of the adoptees that we talked to that eventually did reconnect with biological family, at least with um, some siblings later in his life, was John Centignon. Um And I, I love this guy. He's so fun to talk to great personality, big personality. Yeah, he's uh, wonderful. Yeah. So John talks about that core curiosity and need to find more information about yourself or about oneself as an adoptee. One thing I recall from our conversation with him was that he off and on had that desire in his life, but it wasn't until much later in his life that it was that I got to the point where it led him to actually searching. Yeah, and you know, something that he said that I really loved, you're going to hear this in the clip, but he said something to the effect of, you know, you have to understand that not everybody who you might find is going to want to be found, but at the same time, that's their problem. It's not yours, right? And so just that really challenging juggle, but I think that the way he says that is really wise. So listen for that. Yeah, so we'll jump to the clip with John right now. The journey of an adopted parent is going to be laced with some some intriguing things to build the character and the and the overall 
curiosity and to knowledge of the child they get as well. It's not them versus us as parents. It's none of that, you know, but that, that takes some uh, intellect as well to digest that information too, as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're learning and experiencing that. (laughs) Yeah. It was an experience. I'm sure that my mom wanted to share that with me, but at the same time, man, I could not break her. Had I done it though, I would have found out sooner. I would have known, but I know my own relationship would have been strained and I didn't have that curiosity. Like it really wasn't there at the time because I, what was I going to do with the information now? Yes. Now I have that curiosity. Now I really wanted to know. And it's, although it's unfortunate that I didn't catch them when they were alive. It's okay. I have no regrets about that. It's awesome. I found out that's all that matters to me now. So I'm thinking about other people and maybe the similar situation where you were (laughs) at, at 50 uh, who have this curiosity, who are stepping into this journey, what advice would you give to them that are searching? Well, you know, you, you're you going to hit, as in life, you're going to hit uh, so many roadblocks. You're going to just be, think that there's no point in doing this. And there is. There are, there are, I guess the one thing that I hate to hear over and over again, Sean, is when somebody says uh, no. And why? Why can't you think outside the box? There's always a solution. No. And that that never has worked well for me because if if that's the case, then what do we do? We just stop? (laughs) Can't do something? Of course we can. We can figure out a solution. So that's what I would say to them. Be be curious. Know that there's going to be some major obstacles. Figure out ways around it, through it, over it. It's that quest that will will be it is in fact a journey it will be unbelievable just by the little tidbits of information that you get because you will have some sort of piece that you're putting back into where you came from and uh but i think you must be mature enough to understand that not everybody will be appreciative of that discovery as well as possibility but that's that's their problem, not yours. And so you can insulate yourself with that curiosity and, and confidence. I think yeah. it, I think it works well. Um, but if you're not at all confident and you're worried about what people are going to think or do, then perhaps you're going to be hesitant and uh, scared and nervous. But, but I, if, if anyone would at least know where they came from, I mean, that's, that's invaluable. They have an idea. And, and as I think, as the older you get, you're more curious as to who, who the lineage was before you, how did they arrive? Because you're about to leave a lineage and as well. And uh, so I was definitely curious about all that. And I think that that's, that's what I tell and share with people. Be, be ready. Just look for every opportunity. You never know who who's willing to help. And when you do ask, I mean, they come out to help. I loved talking to him. And one thing that is just kind of resonating with me and that I think will be beneficial to the adoption community, especially as open adoptions become more and more prevalent um, and it's kind of 
maybe the norm in the conversation, but if if you have a child or a family member who is in a closed adoption and they are interested in reconnecting, um, being supportive. Like I know that he he didn't want to search earlier, and he mentioned this that he didn't want to break his mom's heart, um, and he felt like that would. Um, Which is so sweet, but at the same time, yeah, making sure that we're empowering those adoptees in our lives and yeah. helping them know that we support them and want them to find all those pieces if they want to. Right. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately he shares how just knowing where he came from, like that's all he needed. And he was able to find that. Um, and I think that there's so many people in that situation. Yeah. Oh, I love John. All right. Next we're going to hear a clip from Amanda justice and she is so amazing. I, loved listening to her talk too about the importance of doing work on yourself before you start that searching process. So we're going to cut to that and hear some of her thoughts on that. We went through every possible outcome. At the end of the day, you can never be 100% prepared. My advice for the adoptees is do the work on yourself first, whether it's, you know, healing or whatever you have to do, do the work on yourself first because you need to be mentally mentally and emotionally strong as strong as can be and I'm going to say that because I'm an emotional person so you really have to be prepared for any possible outcome not saying to prepare for the worst but just know that it's every reunion is not a good reunion mine started off like a dream come true it was something that I only dreamed about and it turned out ending in a nightmare so who knew that it was going to end like that? So that's what I have for, you know, adoptees. Make sure you just do the work on yourself. You know, have a great support system. Find somebody that you're comfortable with and make sure that you're doing it for you. Don't do it for the pressure because you see other people, you know, reuniting or, you know, this, that, and that. Make sure you're doing it for you and that, you know, you, you'll be able to pretty much kind of get through or kind of cope with whatever the decision is. Um, for adoptive parents, if your child comes to you and they say that they, you know, they want to find their biological family, be supportive, be supportive. Do not tell them that they can't, you know, be open and honest with them. Like, I guess my mom did and said, you know, these are the different outcomes. This is what it could be, but be honest with them. Be supportive because you don't want them to just turn their backs on you or, you know, or regret, you know, just, you know, I guess get mad at you because you weren't supportive and then next thing you know you know as soon as they get a chance to do it then they're gonna leave you you know or whatever I mean I, I don't know maybe it's a little bit dramatic but you never know the support is better and then also for biological parents um they need to know that you know we, we're both been through trauma you know biological parents birth parents and adoptees if your birth child wants to connect with you let them connect, answer some questions. Even if, you know, you're not planning on having a relationship, they deserve answers and they deserve to have at least some bit of closure. Just allow them to do it. Even if it's from a distance, just give it to them because nobody wants to live their life having all these questions unanswered or just up in the air and trying to figure out what if or what did I do wrong? You know, let them know that it's not their fault because that could help them move forward in life. I love how she addresses everyone in the adoption triad, right? Yeah, I love that too. And I loved her feedback to adoptive parents, be honest, be supportive, 
to biological parents to answer questions and to be as present as you're able. And yeah, just such great advice. I really, really love that. Next, we're going to hear a couple thoughts from Devani. And now we know that her episode was recently released, but she has so much good to share. And I love the story that she'll kind of walk us through in this clip. Yeah, so it's an abridged version. We made it shorter. And you can go back and listen to the whole thing in that episode. But this is just Devani's experience with the actual search, right? With the finding. When I was 12, or right before I turned 12, my birth mom sent me for, I think it was Christmas because I have a January birthday. So I think it was either Christmas or my birthday. It might have been my 12th birthday. My birth mom sends me an old photograph of one of our ancestors. And on the back is a family tree. And that was my first exposure to, I mean, my first like cognitive exposure to family history and the very dawning of my obsession. (laughs) It was just like, I saw this picture of this woman from Ireland, this beautiful young woman. She's like 22. Um, She, it's a black and white photo. And I think it was taken in like the 1870s. And on the back, it says something like um, photo of, um, of Anna um, Colgan taken right before she got on the ship to come to America. And she came all by herself. And, um, and then it had this family tree and, um, at the, you know, at the very bottom, it had Carla's name, like, you know, trickled down, like it trickled down from like Anna Mary Colgan. And, you know, she's my ancestor from Ireland and who came to America. And then, you know, it shows everyone else on the tree and then it trickles down to me and like right above me is my birth mom's name, Carla. And then, um, right next to, um, her name is this other name. She wrote down my birth dad's name. I was like, what? Like in my brain, I had never thought of a birth dad. I don't know what. I just, what? Um, so that kind of blew my mind. And so I called her. I'm like, will you tell, like, actually, you know what? I don't, I don't want to like say the wrong, the wrong time frame, but I don't think I called her or asked her about it really. I don't even, it's weird. I don't even think I, I wasn't registering it. I don't know. That's so weird. I don't think about it. But she, I called her and I was like, Will you, maybe, maybe when I got it or like a, a couple years later, I'm like, will you tell me more about, I'll just say David because the name on it was David. <laughs> um, and, um, anyway, so I was like, will you tell me more about David? And so, yeah, she told me a little bit about it. Oh, you know, he was a student at university of Washington and, you know, um, like said something like, Oh, we, we met when we were playing pool or something. And, you know, she just like, she, she told me what she remembered. And, um, yeah, I was probably, I think I was about 14 when I asked her this stuff. So I I'd had the family tree for like a couple years, but, um, but yeah, so I just, uh, started asking her about it. She gave me some information and, but like, it was from what I remember, like he, he, I think he might've known that she was pregnant, but like, said something like, I, you know, I can't, I can't do this. I'm, you know, I, I'm a student. Da, 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 da. Like, I, I don't know exactly how the conversation went down, but, um, she just decided like, I'm taking care of this on my own, you know? So I, I think that, I don't know. He, he didn't even know what happened to me. Um, you know, that was kind of, that was, that was like the story that I was told. And so when I was about like 20s, Oh, I'd always like, this was before Google. Like I was like, how can I find this guy? Because she didn't know where he went. I just had a lot of curiosity. I didn't need a new dad. I had a lot of curiosity about my birth dad. I just wanted to know like, okay, I want to know more about him. Like I really have, 
this love for family history and genealogy that I just like, I want to know all the things I, I saw this ancestry DNA commercial and something inside of me just like burst. And it was just like, you need to do this. And I was like, okay, yeah, I haven't heard from him. I'll just take the DNA test so I can learn about my ancestors. Maybe if I find DNA matches, I can just find out about our family history. Right? So I take the DNA test and I don't know if you know much about, um, genetic genealogy or just like ancestry DNA or whatever, but when you get your matches, you can, a lot of people who do it through ancestry, they like family history. So you'll see their family trees that they have posted. So I started looking through my matches, family trees, and none of their ancestors had the last name of the man that she had told me was my birth dad. And I was like, this is really odd. Like, and it's something just didn't feel like it was adding up. And I, I contacted someone with a family tree for under mod. And I said, Hey, I, um, here's my story. I was adopted. I'm like, I was born in Seattle. The way that we're genetically related looks like I could very likely be closely related to you. And perhaps one of your close relatives is my birth dad. And this woman, like she emailed me back right away. She's like, Oh my gosh, I have the chills. <laughs> She's like, you know, all about my ancestors. And she said, all three of my brothers were in Seattle in the 1980s. And I was like, three? Is this Mamma Mia? What? Anyway, no. <laughs> She's like, let me contact them. And then they'll, like me, like I will, or they will get in touch with you. So like a day later, two of her bro- three brothers got emailed me. One said, I'd love to help you with family tree. I like family history as well. Um, let me know if you have any questions. Here's what I have. And the other one said, hey, I think we should talk. Because <laughs> I sent a picture of myself and my birth mom for her to send to them. And he's like, Hey, I think we should talk. So, um, anyway, long story short, he and I ex- like just had like email conversations for a while. And then, um, he's like, I, you know, and then he's like, I'd love to help you. I'd love to do a DNA test for you. He's like, I think there's a strong chance that I'm your birth dad. And so, um, he took the DNA test and yeah, hundred percent. He's my birth father and his name is not David. His name is Hans. It's crazy because a few years ago I saw this study that had come out in New York city, they had done this. Um, they started a study before nine 11, like before they knew obviously anything was happening about what the effect on knowing your ancestors stories had on your life. And they, they were studying children ages 10 to 12. And, um, they said they started the study and then all of a sudden like nine 11 happened. There's just a massive trauma that the whole city's going through the whole country. Right. And they kept the study going and they found like with verifiable evidence that the kids that knew their family history were much more resilient and um, much more happy. And like after going, like after going through trauma, they were, they were much more resilient and they were able to be really happy just knowing. Yeah. And it's a really, I I have the study. It's um, I could look it up in a second, but um, it's just fascinating because I feel like that really anchored me. It really gave me like a strong, sense of like, uh, just, yeah, like resilience. I've just been like, Oh yeah. Like I'm not just this, like, like alien that just came down and landed on the space needle. My dad always joked about that. Actually. It's kind of funny. I thought I was pretty good at cheesy dad jokes, but it sounds like Devin needs that was too. <laughs> so we have found some studies have found that there is this connection where ancestry is associated with greater happiness and well being. And so we have a couple of studies we found. We can put links to those in the show notes. But really interesting where if there's a stronger sense of ethnic identity and connection to one's heritage, people tend to have higher levels of life satisfaction and self-esteem. And when they have a lot of stress, they tend to fare better 
than those who don't have that connection with their roots. Yeah. And so I thought that was so interesting. And I just love Devani's passion for DNA and searching and just the way that she wants to help other people with that. And so we're really excited about the upcoming episodes where she'll be helping others and so excited to hopefully help other people feel that connection. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up our adoptee portion of this episode by listening to Amy Wilkerson and... Um, I love what she shares. Yeah, we wanted to end on just this note of remembering that this is absolutely an appropriate and important thing for adoptees and the importance of empowering them and helping them and supporting them if you are part of that support system. Yeah, I really, really like what she shares. So we'll jump to that clip right now. I would want people to know that it is 100% in their birthright to be curious about search and reunion. A lot of times I I hear about adoptees being shamed or minimized or abandoned or rejected because they have those curiosities. So first and foremost, I think it's natural that people wanna know and have those connections. And that's 100% within your birthright. We can't always know what how that's going to be received nobody has a crystal ball i'm sure all of us wish we did have a crystal ball that would make a lot of these situations a lot easier a lot easier but i think that there's something really beautiful about the the process of this because it helps us really get a deeper sense of who we are at the core of our hearts and our souls and what we need and what our triggers are and so it can be really hard but i think that it's really meaningful and it's important work to do. So I would just say that we don't know how that's gonna be received. And I will. I want people to know that it's within their capacity to be able to work through whatever is thrown their way. When you are in active search and reunion, I would say do your very best to build up your support around you because there's gonna be a lot that you need to process and being adopted already can feel like a very isolating experience. And so making sure that you have people in your corner to the best of your ability that and hold space for you that aren't minimizing, that are validating and affirming. And I would say that figure out what your expectations and what your boundaries are, again, to the best of your ability, always leaving room for that to be flexible and to shift if it needs to, so that you can also set boundaries if when you enter reunion, things aren't feeling emotionally safe or things aren't feeling like you're being attuned to in a way that you need to, knowing that's also within your boundary to set, to protect yourself as well. Just leaving room for flexibility. I always tell people, just let your heart lead you because you're not necessarily gonna know what you need until you're in that moment. And there's never any shame in whatever comes up and whatever is curious for you. You're a person who went through a tremendous loss. And so it makes sense that your system needs to do what it needs to do to reconcile that. So is it bad that I'm like super proud of us as I listen to all of these interviews? I'm like, wow, how have we had so many awesome, amazing people on our show? Uh, Yeah, love Amy, love all of her thoughts and advice. I love what she said about making sure that you are setting boundaries and caring for yourself as an adoptee and giving yourself that grace. Yeah, love that. And yeah, what are your thoughts, Sean? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I my sentiments are similar to yours that we've had such amazing individuals that we've connected with 
about their own experiences, but we can gain so much uh, from them and their lives, like multiple like lifetimes of experience as we listen to and just try to process and understand experiences that people have had. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a huge, huge blessing to be able to learn from all of these wonderful people. So we're going to start wrapping up today's episode. Quick reminder that if you or someone you know is hoping to connect with Biological Family, that we are wanting to help. And just go to openadoptionproject.org and you can find the information that you'll need there. Yeah, and it's also going to be linked in the show notes. So please reach out if you have questions about that and fill out the application if you're interested or if you know someone who's interested, send them our way because we and Devany would love to help. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'll just reiterate a big thanks to each of those adoptees who shared their experiences with us previously. If you haven't heard their episodes, go back, listen to them. They're all wonderful, wonderful people and great, great things that we can learn from them. Yes. So incredible. Such an honor to be able to be a platform to elevate different adoptees' voices and experiences. All right. Thank you for being here and we'll be back soon. Mm -hmm.